Late Night Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Education Conversations. Ah, Penzito, Penzito, Penzito. I know, I, I know it's Penzito. You know when you're listening to this music and then you feel like South African. You feel like South African. And then you think, okay, and then you think, Penzito, and then you think, and then you say, look at how much land I caught. Look at how much economy I caught. Look how much I'm poor. That's a sad story about South Africa. But music, are you guys play nice music. I love the music. This is Tirango from Guanyuswa. Let me say it again, Guanyuswa, near Potters Hill. Not Potters Hill, but Guanyuswa, near Potters Hill. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, Mantuli. Listen, I live for the music on the show because I know Prinzito is always creating the best music to lift up the spirit and always appropriate for every topic that we have. There's another one here that says, John Clegg, I love it. Hashtag LNC. You, you, you are all loving the music. We are loving the music. Let's get into our educational conversations. Tweet at SFM Radio and at Patricia M. Dooley. Education Conversations. We are now talking to Professor Francis Peterson, who's a rector and vice chancellor of the University of the Free State, looking at the fact that it's now time for the world to learn from Africa. Professor, uh, good evening. Good evening, Patricia, and good evening to the listeners. So, Prof, you say it's time to uh, let the world know who we are, what we have, and what they can learn from us. And I think this is beautiful because all along, we as Africans have been told, learn from the West. That's right, Patricia. I think uh, um, that is uh, so much familiar uh, uh, where people just say, you know, um, learn from the West, learn from the North, and um, wait for investment from the West, investment from the North, and sometimes also aid uh, um, from the West and from the North uh, onto the continent. But I do think that, uh, that, um, that this, this is not a time for Africa, for the African continent. And there are various areas in which the African continent is, is busy uh, excelling. You know, I want to I want to start off probably with in uh, um, the, uh, the the COVID nineteen. We 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 have lis- uh, listened to the president uh, this evening making an announcement of adjustment level three. But if you're looking at the at the responses to COVID nineteen, I'm talking now more generally for the continent. Um, I do think that uh, um, there is a comment that 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 has been said that. The COVID response from the world uh, when it started was was really fragmented. Uh, it wasn't really consolidated. There wasn't a common approach. And I think within the African continent, uh, that was a little bit different. We didn't get we didn't immediately get access to the vaccine, uh, but uh, our responses uh, were much more thought thoughtful and what much more thought through. Um, and I think we have learned our health systems also learn from the Ebola. Uh, uh, a disease that we had and how we tackled that. So, so a lot of a lot of the, the West in the North, in fact, is referring to a very that that very concept. But that is just one point I want to make. But really, where the value I think uh, um, is going to come through from the African continent 
is 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 from the knowledge generation uh, um you know we we are producing more knowledge that's that's making an impact uh, on the on the world stage uh, we have indigenous knowledge systems uh, specifically uh, uh, in the areas of biodiversity uh, in the area of uh, of of um, traditional uh, uh, um health uh, uh, and traditional medicines that complement actually systems from the west and from the north, and and more more people in the west and the north in, is is realizing that, and is appreciating that. Um, we also have on the African continent, and if, if Patricia, if I can just quote, that uh, uh, almost sixty uh, percent of the African population is younger than twenty six, so uh, uh, that youth dividend is going to pay uh, uh, and make a contribution to the African continent over the next couple of years. And already start to see, we start to see that uh, Africa has got the highest entrepreneurship rate in the world. That means the number of, of start-up businesses uh, that, 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 that happens uh, um, is, is, is the fastest rate of, of starting those businesses happening on the African continent. And there are also now uh, investment uh, coming from other parts of the globe into that sort of th- that sort of businesses. So, so I think on 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 terms of what's happening in the youth, in terms of the sort of knowledge that we're generating uh, in some of the areas that I already quoted, the other area is agriculture. Uh, uh, we're moving very much now, much faster from primary, secondary agriculture to tertiary agriculture where agri businesses come to play. So I Prof, just wanted to yeah. say that there's a there's a lot of a lot of contributions that, that Africa is starting to make. Uh, Most definitely. Team. Prof Peterson, I'd like us to go slowly through these contributions so that Africans can be can, can instill their pride in what we have to offer. But we'll do that after the break. A team I call in. What are the things that you think the West can learn from us, the North, the East can learn from us as Africa? I'd love to hear from you on 011-714-2006 or WhatsApp 0614-104-107. Ignite Conversations with Patricia Anduli, Monday to Thursday, 10 p.m. till midnight. Education Conversations. What is it that the world can learn from Africa? Well, we are talking to Professor Francis Peterson, who is a rector and vice chancellor of the University of the Free State. And it seems there's a lot. A-teamers, let us know. What do you feel should be should be known by the world that is indigenously African or the way of living, or maybe it could be a medicine that the world can know about that will help us. Prof, in terms of, um, you know, advances in medicine, there's a lot of advances that are happening in Western medicine. But in Africa, we've been doing it, as they say. So, for instance, when it comes uh, to um, uh, uh, cultivated crop being a cannabis, the spiritual and medicinal use for this has always been used in Africa. And I think this is one of the things that we should be looking at to teach the world the various ways of using cannabis. Yes, uh, yes, Patricia. And I, and I, and I do think that um, um, for me it is how, how does that knowledge that, that, that we generate starts to integrate and be integrated in the global knowledge. So if, you, if I want to take that example that you just cited uh, with respect to indigenous knowledge systems, where um, uh, if, you, if you look at the, at the use of cannabis uh, to be able to, uh, um, to, to extract some of, the, uh, um, uh, some of the components out of cannabis, 
that could be utilized uh, in 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 uh, the treatment of cancer, uh, uh, in diabetes, in hypertension, um, and and at the moment. Uh, um, there is at the University of the Free State, we've got an, uh, an, a national center on indigenous knowledge where that is one aspect that we're focusing on. And, and, and what we're trying to do there is to, is to work alongside uh, with uh, um, uh, uh, universities, uh, with uh, academic hospitals in the West, but also in the East. Uh, uh, you know, we also have traditional Chinese medicine that we're partnering with. And it's important that, 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 that the world start to see that develop. And, and I think how we try to do is also to get uh, uh, postdoctoral fellows and, and postgraduate students from those parts of the globe to come and spend some time uh, in these centers uh, um, to be able to work with our scientists to see how um, the Africa, as uh, you can use the Africa science, uh, between inverted commas, is infused into global science. So that's a that's a that's one example of of, of where I believe uh, we can make contributions uh, and try to infuse our knowledge in the global knowledge system. And that's not only one example. There's there's a, a lot of other examples in the science and technology space. And in terms of our. Uh uh, architecture. This is one element that I think should be put out there. There should be a huge banner on uh, the African architecture, not only um, the Egyptian pyramids, of which we are very proud of as Africans, but I mean, when you go to the great ancient ruins or ancient cities in Zimbabwe, Mozambique, Mali, um, you can see that our architecture is really really something to behold even in Ethiopia when you looked at the the rock-hewn churches so how can we then you know make sure that the world comes to learn from us yeah so so uh, you know recently we have uh, we have learned um, or heard a lot about the word decolonization and the words Africanization and I think what the what the global pandemic also have demonstrated that internationalization doesn't necessarily mean mobility from one part of the world to another part. It also can mean that that internationalization can be done wherever you are. And that gives us a further advantage that we, that we start to, to bring the content that, we, that, that you just have cited in architecture, for example, start to bring that into the curricula, uh, into, into other contents that are taught uh, in other parts of the world. So it would be lovely to have uh, um, an architecture lecture from, from Egypt uh, um, co-taught uh, in, a, in a curriculum at Harvard University or at Cambridge University. And that is now possible. Because I think technology, with, with online and remote teaching and learning, uh, um, co-creation of, of, of curricula, uh, that's starting to become more and more. So the West, or in the North, wants to know uh, um, what is that knowledge that has been generated in Africa uh, in the past, but also currently. And how do we start to, 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 to make sure that that knowledge also becomes uh, uh, available to other parts of the globe. So I believe that the whole issue of curriculum integration, co-creation of curriculum, creates a massive opportunity for Africa to become visible 
in other parts of the globe, and particularly in the West and in the North. Now, I know that uh, Indigenous uh, Indigenous Knowledge Systems, IKS, is receiving an annual grant of 17 million rand. I'd like to find out from you, that, uh, what is it that you at the University of the Free State are going to be doing with uh, this amount of money? And will it benefit, um, you know, knowledge within uh, the university and within our borders as South Africa? Yes, certainly, uh, Patricia. Um, the, that's only uh, one part of the of income coming into that centre. The the person that heads up that centre, uh, um, uh, which is Professor uh, Matabisa, he's also chairperson of the World Health Organization Regional Expert uh, Advisory Committee for traditional medicines for COVID nineteen. But but the centre itself, the, the the platform, I call it a platform, um, it has, has got a lot of collaborations with other parts of the universities in South Africa and on the continent, and obviously also in other parts of the globe. So there will be, uh, some of that money will be used for infrastructure, for equipment, uh, for postgraduate bursaries, but also to advance the knowledge and, 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 and experiments will be done at university but will also be done in other parts of South Africa and the continent because we do a lot of field trials and so on and, and, and that will be that money would be used to be able to generate a, 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 a pool of knowledge that uh, not only will advance this area but also would build capacity uh, uh, to, to take this, uh, this knowledge further um, in South Africa on the continent and obviously beyond. Tato in Midrand says, Patricia, the world can learn about the use of African indigenous herbs such as umthonyana to fight the COVID-19. I know it's not lab tested, but I know a significant number of people who have used it successfully. It also helps with colds and flus. Umthonyana is amazing. Tato, I agree with you. Umthonyana and many, many other um, uh, traditional herbs that we find freely in uh, African uh, grounds can be used. Um, You know, uh, Prof, when I'm looking at the agriculture that we are so blessed to be able to partake in, I mean, the sector, the agricultural sector, I think that's one that uh, the world can learn from Africa, some lessons to do better in terms of agriculture. Yes. Um, Now, agriculture is, is, is providing... A lot of work uh, uh, um, and, and work opportunities for people on the African continent, uh, and I think it, it employs half of the labour force uh, in Africa. Um, but that agriculture is not only primary agriculture; it's secondary, as, as I indicated, in, as well as tertiary agriculture. So it's f- from from creating job opportunities to also advancing uh, uh, knowledge in agriculture. Uh, um, and building further capacity in agriculture. So, uh, we, we, uh, some of the projects that that has been done in South Africa and on the continent, not only with universities but also within companies, is how do you look at a digital agriculture, precision agriculture, infusing technology into agriculture? Uh, um, how do you bring in entrepreneurship within agriculture? A lot, a large of a large percentage of this, the sort of start-up businesses that I referred to earlier that generates this high entrepreneurial rate for the African continent happens in the agricultural sector. And, 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 and I think the, the whole issues of diseases with crops uh, try to get a better understanding uh, of um, um, uh, disease-resistant crops uh, um, 
all of those type of 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 uh, um, of um, uh, research are being conducted at uh, universities that have uh, uh, agricultural uh, um, faculties, and in and they at the moment are partnering with uh, you know one of the, the the top agricultural schools in on in, 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 in Europe, the Wageningen from Wageningen universities are are are, are partnering with some of these agricultural schools uh, and faculties within the African continent to see, to see how we can utilize some of that knowledge, but also to co-create some of the knowledge. So I, don't, I think that's for me an opportunity. It's not only to say that Africa needs to do A, B and C alone, uh, but Africa can complement and add and supplement so that the knowledge uh, uh, that is being used by people globally are far more advanced than only being as perspective from the West or from the North. But then how do we change the notion from what we are known as now, the dark continent? You know, such a bad connotation, I feel. How do we change the notion of the globe to be able to hear us loudly and uh, take in the lessons that we can uh, contribute to global growth? You know, Patricia, I think uh, I've, uh, I, you know, I've written an, an article that uh, for Africa Day was, which was entitled "Time for Africa," and I and I believe that we ourselves, as Africans, uh, um, need to play a much larger role in communicating. Uh, uh, and be proud of what we are doing. Uh, try to get it on to world stages and, and, and also utilize more our Africa diaspora that is sitting currently uh, in other parts of the globe. And I think if they could come back anytime, they probably would do so because I think they still got a commitment. So although we still have got that connotation, I believe and I'm very optimistic and very positive uh, that Africa's time is here, and we collectively, as Africans, need to play that role to get that message across at every platform that we have the ability to share with the rest of the globe. Donald in uh, Rustenburg says, uh, good evening, Patricia and all A-teamers. Uh, there is much the world can learn from Africa as a continent, especially in terms of conservation of our natural resources, such as fauna, flora, and our minerals. Like you say, the pyramids of Giza in Egypt and great Zimbabwe ruins, Mapungubwe, and many, many more. So there's clearly much to be learned from Africa. Uh, Prof, uh, as we close off, uh, encourage us as Africans to be proudly African. And if we are utilizing uh, platforms uh, on, on, on social media to be authentically who we are so the world can learn from us from, uh, you know, a face value. Yes, um, I, I probably want to, to end off, Patricia, by saying that a very good example would be that in the beginning of this year, uh, the African Free Trade Agreement uh, uh, started, uh, in fact, the 1st of January, which allow, uh, um, which in fact eliminate uh, import tariffs amongst countries, our uh, 54 countries uh, on the continent. Um, and, and, and that's an opportunity for us to create massive trade and engagement amongst ourselves. You know, uh, we export to the African country, continent on an annual basis, probably in the order of about $600 billion of exports. Only 12% currently of that $600 billion uh, stays within exports within countries on the continent. Now, the free trade agreement 
is going to change that uh, and hopefully will change that. And I think we should use that platform also as a basis to proudly communicate to the rest of the world that we can do much more. Uh, and that, for me, is a catalyst, a stimulus to be able to be proudly African and to show to the world what the African continent can do. Prof, thank you so very much. And I think we as Africans have so much to be proud of and so much to teach the world. Thank you for joining us and thank you for sharing this wisdom with us. Thank you, Patricia.